You are listening to the Noisy Narratives podcast, a podcast produced by the Women of First Ministries at Frisco First Baptist Church in Frisco, Texas. Here at Noisy Narratives, we like to cut through the noise of our stories and get to the heart of what really matters. We hope you are blessed by what we share. Thank you so much for listening. Isn't it amazing? everyone. Welcome to Noisy Narratives. This is Debbie Vallejo, and I'm here today with Christy Williams and Amy Waddell, Ooh, our little names. trio. I did. You know, sometimes I do that. Sometimes I don't. I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to the way my brain goes on any given day. So who knows? I formalized it. Maybe that says something about the conversation we're about to have. Um, but what's interesting, and I forgot to say this before I start recording, ladies, so I'll just say it now. I did write down, like, three things. I felt like it would be good foundationally to make sure we just say off the bat, like, as we have this conversation, as people are listening to us mm-hmm. who maybe haven't listened to us before. Oh, okay. You know, that kind of thing. Just so they know foundationally as we go through this conversation in the next hour that there are things that are we believe to be absolute truth on this podcast and if we start kind of meandering around our conversations it does not believe mean that we don't believe this truth this truth is absolutely true right so we believe god made the world and everything in it we have a creator we believe the bible was written by people but it's inspired by god who guided their heads their hearts their words of the writers in the bible so it is god's truth and it's inerrant. And it's inerrant and it's authoritative. Mm-hmm. So that is the tool that we in this room on this podcast, the Bible's the tool that we use to help us assess the world, what's going on in the world, our lives, everything else. Right. And we so love it. We do love it. We love the Bible. We do love it's it. Personally, one of my favorite books. <laughs> yes. We love it. We have it open in some way, shape or form. Even if we have notes, papers everywhere, we always have Bibles open as we're you know, writing, talking about these podcasts mm-hmm. and talking to them. I just felt like given it's the conversation good. we're about to have that we probably should just make sure everybody understands that that is for sure mm-hmm. the place we're coming from. That's smart. I like that. Thank you. Because we are about to start talking about, and we're a little even late to the game a little bit. Way late. Way late. But it's still brand new to me. Y'all brought this up yesterday. That is, that is a good point because there are true. some people that. I was like, what? This isn't a thing. Apparently, it is a thing. It is a thing. And it's a thing with a lot of young people, especially. Um, And then because it's a thing with a lot of young people, it's a thing with their parents. Mm. Well, let's say what the thing is. And then, yes, we absolutely will. We're going to talk about deconstruction. Dun, dun, dun. 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 That's right. (laughs) And the seriousness of deconstruction (laughs) and what this means. (laughs) It's light depending on where you are right now in life, I think. Mm-hmm. Some people can look at this lightly. Some people are looking at this right now and listening, going, man, please tell me something that's going to save my heart and mind right now because I'm in a hard place. But so Debbie dropped a bomb via text message last night. Look up this hashtag. And I was like, what? Brought up all of these things. Crazy. And actually, I think that was Christy that said hashtag it, right? Yeah, because that article, okay, too. Christy dropped yeah. the bomb. But yeah. I think the articles that started, to... I started the bomb, and then Christy just kind of I put like the nail in the I like hashtags because yes. it's like cliff notes. 
Like, you don't have to read a whole article, or if you don't want to know, like, what does annihilation mean? Hashtag annihilation. And then you can get all the different little, just little clips. But just like Cliff Notes, sometimes you don't get the full story. I know. Somebody else's definition of it. And somebody else's definitions. And then you can kind of be like, oh, I'm intrigued by this. I'll keep reading. I'll dig dig deeper. Or you'll read and be like, this is for the birds. I'm out. I I have no interest in that. Right. right. So it does help me at least figure out if I want to engage. And that's not. true. There's, I got nothing so against that. So does annihilation have anything to do with this? No, that's just a random one. Do not right. let that rabbit trail go. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start by, since we're going to talk about deconstruction, and then because we're having that conversation today, we're going to end up going down other avenues, I feel like, just because it, that's what deconstruction does. It leads you different places. But I feel like we should define it. First, we kind of set the foundation. It is hard. Why is it hard? So how do we want to define deconstruction? Well, I I had to read several definitions, and I still don't have one clear view of of what it is, other than whoever's writing these definitions uses a lot of big words, some of them that don't even belong together. And at the end of it, I'm like, I'm sorry, explain that again. Mm -hmm. So to that point, I have a hard time. I usually oversimplify things. Um, Shouldn't you be able to simplify something, though? Yeah, but sometimes there's times that I just will label something or throw a overly do it when you probably should spend some more time. But I did like when I was reading this, it reminded me of um, a faith crisis. Yeah. Mm. That's what I like. That would be my oversimplified version of a faith crisis. That's exactly what it is. To I me. feel like it is, too. But because people use bigger words and the the academics have gotten involved it's not back in the day that's what was called for us well when it first started though it was all academic well when deconstruction first began it was that whole philosophy kind of thought process was all academic but then it went just as culture does it influences well i think faith crisis has always been there well for sure the word deconstruction has not correct i would agree with that like i grew up going oh you go off to college and it's kind of like they're gonna have a faith crisis at what point when is it gonna happen Oh, they're not going to church anymore. Oh, they're doing. Oh, they're having a faith crisis, and so you knew that. But the but the fundamentals were already there in that uh, person. Yes, but when you hear deconstruction, now we're taking it to kind of a whole this, new this, level. This I think. To me, deconstruction Still, kind of means deprogramming to me. As how to about say, breaking down? As to say, we were programmed at some point. At some point, and I don't think that we were programmed. I think it was a belief oh, system. Okay, so can I read some us. definitions to help us kind of? Narrow down. Okay. Yeah, right. Well, and there's one that's a little simpler that I think we may like. But so one definition is deconstruction is a philosophical or critical method, which asserts that meanings, metaphysical constructs, and hierarchical oppositions. There we are. Amy and I are looking at each other, raising our hands like there they are. As between key terms and philosophical or literary work are always rendered unstable by their dependence on ultimately arbitrary signifiers. So people would say, you know. We have those all through culture and church. And then the second more simple definition, which is probably more along the lines of what we're talking about, the analytical examination of something often in order to reveal its inadequacy. Okay. Let me tell you what. This is the picture I get right now because I'm a very visual person. It's a guy with a really long shaggy beard sitting in a coffee shop using the word fascism. Fascism a lot. Came up with these definitions. He's wordy <laughs> and important to himself, and this is how he comes up with a That's definition. Yeah. I have one that says, can I read this one? Yes, do it. In the context of faith, deconstruction is the process of systematically dissecting and often rejecting the belief you grew up with. 
Sometimes the Christian will deconstruct all the way into atheism. Some remain there, but others experience a, a reconstruction. But the type of faith they end up embracing almost never resembles the Christianity they formerly knew. And, and I don't so, think that's a fair tag, to be I honest. I don't either. I don't like I've, that. But let's, I do want to make sure we identify, we're going to be going towards some articles as we talk today. We kind of have some articles that kind of spearheaded some of this conversation. So that article, Amy, that you just quoted from, mm-hmm. tell us what that article is. Um, my Kingdom for a Definition. This is in my, I think that's what it was from. Why we should not be redeemed. Why we should not. Redeem deconstruction by Alyssa Childers. By Alyssa Childers, yeah. And it's on the Together for the Gospel website. And the title of the article is Why We Should Not Redeem Deconstruction. And then the portion of the article you read from was the definition, right, that she mm-hmm. made for that. In her book, which chronicles my own deconstruction journey, I defined de- deconstruction this way. That's what's okay. hers, yeah. Um, and it's a great like, article, by the way. It is. I and mean, I do it's like good, how she says deconstruction it. has little to do with objective truth. And everything to do with tearing down whatever doctrine someone believes is morally wrong. But what is morally wrong? Well, that's just it. The the deconstruction person would say it's... I don't know. What's yours or his or hers? For me, this screams living your own truth. Like, what's morally wrong? Well, I know the Bible says this, but if I don't believe that, if I believe some of the Bible and not all of it, then that's not morally wrong to me. Mm -hmm. So, and I think then this is where we were, Christy and I were talking about kind of the label, what's fair to put on the label and what isn't. Mm -hmm. Like, I do think there's an element, and this is where I wanted to make sure we outlined what we believe truth is about the Bible. The Bible's true at the very beginning. But there's an element as we all grow up that we all take as we age and we learn. We're taking things that we understood when we were young and we realize maybe the beliefs we created from that were wrong. Right. Like we talk about even our discussion about David and Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about in the past on here how I grew up hearing one version of the story. Right. And then when I was in college, all of a sudden I'm like, that's not the whole story. Like there was more to it. But I took on this other belief. Mm-hmm. So I feel like almost people have equated deconstructing the church and like maybe wrong beliefs we've heard from men and women in the church and the Bible. And they've lumped them together. Okay. As the same thing. And I think you can deconstruct the beliefs you took on as you were growing up that you've realized were wrong, but keep the truth of the Bible. Right. Which means what? You now need to dive into the Bible exactly. to figure out what was I told that I is either right or wrong or a disagreement in the interpretation of the that interpretation. Text. Thank you. That's the word that we're. I was so then you for. go, though, into text interpretation. That's a whole nother like people would say there's a good part of deconstructing that right but i don't know i but still you can't you can um you can't dis you can disagree with interpretation of the text and the bible and still both be christian yes correct yes yeah i would agree i strongly with that. agree with that yes and and believe that and but then that you have to too are we raising kids to then say if you don't believe this you're wrong because I feel like so many of these articles or so many of these hashtags and these people that are posting, they were not given the freedom to be curious yeah. and ask questions. So they've gone to the far side. And yeah. Just... So however they were raised in whatever religion, it makes me sad because yeah. you weren't given the ability to open up the Bible or to say, hey, does this really mean this? And if a parent is like, well, yes, of course it means that. But your kid's okay to say, well, I I think it might mean this too, according to research, different theologians that might align, but 
the authority is still God, mm-hmm. but I think you have to allow for curiosity in this text. And I, I think up. sometimes we don't like it. Like if we, we grew up in that very boxy construct in a lot of ways. And so we don't know how to ask those hard questions and answer them well, and even answer them with a, I don't know. Let's study it together. Mm-hmm. Let's figure it out. Um, but I also think there's a lot of people our age. Like people think this hash, the deconstruction hashtag, and there's also another one called ex-evangelical hashtag belongs to young people. I'm not finding that. I'm finding that it's our also age. our age, too. That's what I find. Yeah. It's mid-40s, yep. early 50s, and they're... And they've come from a place of hurt that age, a lot way. of time. You don't identify with that? <laughs> I mean, it might be my age, but I don't identify with it. <laughs> Which That's is good. fine. You, you do should. your own deconstructing there, Amy. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you identify with whatever age you want. My kids still think I'm 25. At least that's what I tell them. Oh, it's, no, my yeah. 20, yeah. it's my 25th. You may tell them that. I'm pretty I'm sure they don't really think that. <laughs> I don't care. They can think whatever they want, but I'm like, ah, it's my 25th That's birthday. And they're like, okay, great. Thanks, mom. I do think one of the kids told somebody, hey, how old your mom? And then she said 25. And I was like, yes, it worked. Working. Now, if you're talking about your second grader, though, I'm not giving that a whole lot of credibility. Uh-uh. No, it's great. I love it. It makes me happy for sure. Okay. So when we were talking about this age group, I, I love this. Um, you want this? No, I'm going to pull okay. up on my phone right now, actually. But they, um, there was this, what happens or what we've seen is as people are deconstructing, they're leaving their religion. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's this one uh, picture says, when I left religion, this is what she lost. She lost purpose, approval of others, her spiritual family, need to be perfect, guilt and shame, belief I'm broken, an old view of God, career opportunities, entire belief system, years I won't get back, feeling responsible for everyone. And then what she gained was she gained herself back, critical thinking, a community, a new per- purpose, a new way to relate to the world, empowerment, self-responsibility, self-love, a new spirituality, my Sunday's back, and a new relationship with my body. Hmm. I thought that was interesting because I thought, well, number one, when you left your, re- and I, I mean, religion, that's a whole situation because mm-hmm. it should be your faith, right? So if you're leaving a religion, absolutely, you're going to have probably these rules and legalism put in place. But when you left your faith. Well, maybe um, that's what she's, maybe it was a, it was a heavy religion. Right. There that's was a what lot I was thinking. A lot of sacrifice and, um, uh, what's the Rules. Word? Authority. Rules and, um, things you repeat. Well, we would say even, we would say as believers, there's religions you should leave. Right. Yes. So I, I, I think that's what's hard is that when you're looking at the deconstruction phenomenon, I think you can't discount the fact that there's people. But I, we just used to call it something different to Christy's point earlier. There's people that have deconstructed their religion to the good because yep. they've ended up becoming believers, Christians, mm-hmm. and joined a church that was authentic, that rested on the Bible as truth, Right. I mm-hmm. think what's hard is we don't like it when it, that deconstruction process is pointed in our direction. Sure. And you know they're deconstructing. Was C.S. Lewis. Oh, for sure. I thought of him and then this. And I thought, well, he kind of did it the opposite way, right? Like he was trying to prove, but he was still deconstructing what. Because he something. was a Christian earlier, he said, and then he deconstructed, became a nonbeliever. And then his, yeah. um, what's his name? His good friend, uh-huh. J.R. Tol- Tolkien. Yeah, yeah led him to the Lord. Yes. And so, yeah. And I mean, then I didn't know this. Francis Schaeffer was the same way. 
who was a very popular um, evangelical philosopher, theologian, and he did the same thing. But I thought it was so interesting. We talked about this earlier, but his came from he didn't like how Christians treated other Christians. Right. And I thought, isn't that's the wound part? Yes. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's common because we had a conversation Debbie and I did with a lady that goes to church here that her son is going through that Mm -hmm. and he doesn't like how other Christians are treating other Christians, whether it's the gay and lesbian. Yeah. Like all the different kind of um, movements, Me Mm -hmm. Too movements or things like that. Mm -hmm. um, Racial reconciliation. Yes. Mm -hmm. All of that. And how we're Christians are not loving other people well. And I thought, mm, but that's what brought Francis Schaeffer back to God is going, but it's his love that I should be accepting and showing other people. But it happens. This is not like a, it's been happening for well, years. What do you think is driving this movement right now on deconstruction? Social media. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's a big no, part no, no, of it. No, no, no. I, I think it has to do I with I think people social. have somewhere to go with their questions now. You can go online, you can hashtag it, you can get involved and find a community super fast that all of a sudden validates your doubts and your your feelings of hurt that you've seen in other places. I think what's hard is they will take you in, Mm -hmm. you get in there and you feel good for a time because all of a sudden you're going, somebody's hearing me, which Mm -hmm. again, the church has to do a better job of somebody's hearing me. But at some point, the humanness of that rears its ugly head because you're not finding fulfillment in you're what not, you yourself are able to provide, right? You're not putting you're not putting God as the head. You're not you're these humans that are coming around. And it doesn't change the fact that roles. he is. It doesn't change the fact that God is still God and God is still master of the universe and He created you. He created you and you're made in his image and there's a element of restlessness here that is always going to be here that you can't fix simply by deconstructing the things you know and hoping to make something better out of it yourself. But that's what, because deconstruction is not just about tearing down what you did know. And this is what I feel like she didn't talk about a whole lot in the article Mm -hmm. is it's tearing down what you knew to be true before, but you are building something else from the scraps of that. You have to. And then so what deconstruction you doesn't with? have to be all bad. It doesn't have to no, be I don't getting think so. you further from. I don't. I world. almost would say it's. Um, maybe, I don't know, but I think. I don't think you should encourage it, but I don't think we should be scared of it. But the word deconstruction has become so scary. Yeah. Because of the platform that so many deconstruction people have, and bitter and hateful towards. The church because of the hurt and the pain. Well, when I looked up the hashtag, I, I found a lot of hateful things and hurt. Yeah. And the hateful things you find, you can see somebody's hurt and well, proclaiming, well, I'm an atheist now. Well, I'm a, because of this and because I wasn't understood. And so. Does social media create, make the puddle bigger and deeper and you stay in it longer? Oh, yeah. I think so. So it's not, so if you have a kid that's going through, kid or loved one, however you want to word it. Yeah that's in it you've got to encourage them right i would think to say hey don't go online to the forum like let's sit and talk or go to account you know what i mean like surround yourself i mean i am not in it and i haven't experienced anybody close to me so i'm treading lightly on this because i want to be super sensitive because i've seen the tears that it causes Mm -hmm. but i would hope that you could encourage that person you can't control them 
but encourage them. I think there's an uh, there is for those of us who are believers who do have loved ones going through this process of deconstruction at this point themselves, asking a lot of questions, whether it's from a wound, whether it's from curiosity, whether it's from when I go to church, I actually don't like the way the people in the church make me feel are mm-hmm. um, the way I take things. Um, I don't enjoy. Um, I feel like there's an element of understanding that your relationship with that person now has changed and now it's a mission field. So when we look at that person, we love them, we pray for them differently than we would for someone who we would say is a growing believer. And we're doing that out of our love for them, which means we're interacting with them, knowing what they say may not feel good to us, but we're willing to dive in on the relationship, even if mm-hmm. it causes us to, to feel pain because we love them. And we haven't changed our beliefs, so we know what eternity means for us. But we're willing to do it anyway because now, like, we're a missionary in our home or we're a missionary with our neighbor or we're a missionary with other family members. So I'm that's how I'm engaging. And it's different. So I can't be mad at you for not being a Christian if I'm saying you're not a Christian. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I can't be mad at you for that. God gave you free will just like he gave it to me. And so... You have to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that to me is the posture, right? That we're supposed to have. But I think you if know. you have that, that, that faith and that um, trust and confidence, you have to have confidence in God. Mm-hmm. And that's what I that I think I say I forget, and a lot of people forget is that we are we are called to love and love people through it, and God's love needs to come through us Mm -hmm. especially when we don't understand things and don't like things yeah that's hard it's hard and i think debbie you said it too you may not said it but you've you implied it but to listen well Mm. again to listen so they're going to ask questions or you want them to feel free to come ask questions which means you have to listen Mm -hmm. and sometimes not have the answer and you don't want to lecture that's That's hard for me it's hard not to lecture yeah but it's (laughs) my people it's, it's hard. Yeah, it is hard not to. But that's when you're not walking in your flesh either. That's when For you're sure. like, okay, you Lord, how it. can I love? You've said this too, Amy, when you've been talking to a friend, a mutual friend, and you feel like when she shares stuff, you want to preach to her. Mm-hmm. And then what do you say? You, you've said it a couple of times. You've had to learn how to. Tell her what God wants her to hear, not what I want her to there hear. There we go. Yeah. What does God want her? And sometimes God just wants to know, hey, he loves you. Yeah, he's still there. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're yeah. done with what I, you, you wouldn't say this. See, this me, see, I'm already lecturing. Like I can instantly go into that spot yeah. of lecturing it's really well. Human nature. <laughs> yeah. For me. Absolutely. Because I know what I want to say. But sh- this person doesn't need to hear what I want to say or what I would do because I'm not in that position. They need to hear what God wants them to do and that God loves them mm. no matter what. Yeah. And that nothing's impossible. Mm-hmm. So Nothing can separate true. you from him. You know. Well, and we didn't make our people. God made our people, you know, he put us around. So we're not their Holy Spirit. We're not their creator. We're not their God. So pointing them in the direction and pointing them to the Lord and letting the Lord work in their hearts and then make their own decisions, I think is one of the hardest things for us to do as a human because we want to control everything. Because when our people, our tribe look in a way that's comfortable for us, our world is good, right? We feel better. But again, that's about us, you know, but that takes a lot of work. That's really, really hard. I'm, I'm not sitting here going, 
that's easy. It's not. I mean, I've had plenty of sleepless nights myself because of people I care about and I love, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't expect that to change for the rest of my life. But I do feel like as I'm aging, my dependence on the Lord for like a peace and understand what joy means to live is that's what's getting easier for me. And so because that's getting easier, I feel like some of the truths I be- thought were true is a, you know, because of church stuff or things I've seen, I've been able to take those down comfortably because of my relationship with the Lord. And I think this is where, like, again, Christy brought up how we've renamed stuff. Mm-hmm. So my question was, I feel like we used to call this stuff reforming. Oh, yeah. Like we used to reform belief systems in the church. Yeah. I mean, we had the Reformation. I mean, yeah. like we've got church history mm-hmm. where church has made extremely different decisions based on mm-hmm. the fact that biblical text was more available to more people. So I'm like, it's what good. is the difference between deconstructing and reforming? Isn't deconstruction though personal? See, is that what is the like difference is? A, a, I'm going to reform like a theology or a... A yes. doctrine. This is personal. See, I feel like what I've more done as I've looked at things has been more along the line of a personal reformation, mm-hmm. though. It just a growth in such a way. But you don't want to use the word deconstruction. Maybe. Is that what it I is? I would stay away from that word also. Yeah. Okay. And so you're right. You would stay away from deconstruction because All the time. it's got such so a negative, negative. De- uh, connotation. Negative. And it almost sounds, it's negative. It's judgmental. Okay. So Very explain judgmental. where you got the judgmental part. For that, well, I think if you say, "Well, so and so's deconstructing their faith," people well, make assumptions oh, based huge. on you using. And what assumptions are you making when someone says they're deconstructing their faith? What assumptions are you making there when you hear um, it? From well, I'll answer that. They're, they're they're breaking it down and not proving it wrong is what it sounds like to me. So they're not breaking it down in your mind to be able to understand it. They're breaking it down because they want to prove it, disprove it. Correct. They're like, they don't want anything that's to what do it, with that's, it anymore. That's what that word screams to me. Okay. So, and when, then that's funny you say that because when I think of D, I, in myself, kind of smile like, oh, good for them. Like that would be, that's going to be good. Isn't that funny how two people can get two different, yes. two totally different things in yes. one word? Well, yeah. but I think it's, I But you still think it's a negative connotation though. Negative connotation overall, it gives kind of Christianity or your faith a bad view or the church a bad view because of social media. But me personally, I'm like, well, hopefully it doesn't go too far where they don't come back. Mm. Like I'm okay with that happening because I feel like, well, they're being curious. They're yes. not, they're living outside of what mom and dad taught them or what grandparents taught them. And they're so saying, everyone has to do that at some point. I totally we, agree. Did yeah. we all do that the second yes. we got out of our parents' house? We just didn't call it deconstruction. It took crisis. me years. It took me a few years to do that, but it definitely, I had to make a lot of changes to kind of grow into my relationship with the but, Lord but myself. But it was when we would hit a hard patch in our lives that we were like, oh, well, all right, God, I'm not, I'm not ready for this. That's, that's when the second we would turn, we, I'm going to talk about me. That's the second I would turn back to God. Is I'm like, oh, okay. Not okay. I know I've told you to get mm-hmm. lost for a while now, but now I, this is tough. Now I need your help again. So mine was when I was living in sin and I was like, we're just going to act like this is not sinful. It's yeah. totally fine. And then you have that, conviction. You come you, to a yeah. point of conviction and, and you're like, oh, I can't run this. I can't this. do this anymore. Yeah, that's, exactly. well, that's what I'm talking about. It's yeah. when you when you realize you're going through a hard patch, you feel like you realize how far away you are from him. Yeah. And you're like, well, he didn't go anywhere. I did. Absolutely. You know? And you and you come back to it. You come back to that safety and that it's okay. I'm still accepted. Mm-hmm. 
but maybe maybe it wasn't even deconstruction it was just like i don't want i don't want to i'm not i'm gonna i'm gonna pretend like he doesn't exist right now because i want to do what i want to do yeah and And, but our salvation is not a i said the prayer i'm done check the box right Right. salvation is a lifelong lifelong and that's what i think we get wrong we don't teach that well we don't say hey mm-hmm. i'm gonna go through and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna check my box i'm gonna say my prayer i'm gonna baptize i'm done yeah well even no. my even my nephew it gets better people he says stuff like well, i'm saved I'm, I'm good now that kind of stuff he's nine yeah. and my niece is like well i'm not saved dad why does what does that mean for me he's yeah like, i'm good i don't know about you you know <laughs> It's almost like we need to change it. And I know those sweet kids, and so I'm just thinking their personalities, and that totally fits. Yeah. (laughs) But it is true. We've got, I mean, is it saved? Is it saving? Is it a continuous, I'm always being saved? Every day I'm being saved? Because it's not a saved period. Mm -hmm. It's I'm saved, comma, or semicolon, because it's still a process. It's the beginning of the sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... um, by the way, don't take out our pauses when you I, edit. Yeah, I like them. We, you like Christy likes her pauses. I think it's good because you do have to ponder this stuff you sometimes. Yeah. And just to I mean, we don't have the answers, obviously, um, as we're talking. But it's funny how often, like, we're talking and all of a sudden things will hit me like, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way, even mm-hmm. as much as we've talked before. But I go back to, and I pulled out Matthew 5, because the Sermon on the Mount, to me, still... You love the Sermon on the Mount. I love it. You and I will so bring it. it. I, I will I ever, I reread it, this thing all the time, because to me, there that pas- those passages of Scripture just demonstrate from Jesus, our Lord and Savior, so much what we are supposed to be with the world, to the world. And it helps us understand... That when we're not this, we are causing deep wounds in people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only ones that will not, the only one that will not cause us a deep wound is going to be Jesus, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, and because this is how he thought and act and was. And so if your truth is not the Bible and you are going back to people, you're going to be deconstructing, quote unquote, your whole life. It's not ever going to, it's not ever going to sit light on your shoulders you know i mean can i ask a question real fast yeah. so if someone's deconstructing can it ever be or is it i would love to ask this question to someone that's going through it to mm-hmm. be like have you read that have you read the bible lately i know uh, that is such a sunday school answer and a jesus answer um mm-hmm. but i mean getting them to go back to god's word has mm-hmm. got to be a goal right versus Hey, as humans, we can say so much, but that's true. You've got what did God say about that? Yeah. Hey, hey, Bill, you're going through that, or hey, Cindy, you're going through that. Yeah. What does God's word say on that? Yeah. I mean, are they so far? I guess there's different. And send them to the Gospels, like if you're at their asking where to start. Matthew five, yeah, sermon about my thing. But send them the Gospels. Don't send them to Leviticus. You know, I mean understand yeah, that when you're being missional it's time to get there's an element of giving a lot of grace to people who are going through this process well, and just praying that the lord brings them in they could go to the law because i saw some of these things on these hashtags and i was like well that's great go back to the law and finish reading the rest of that because well, yeah. both people get stoned not just men not just female go back to that because they've misinterpreted but yeah to your point but go to the going gospels. back to that yeah i was gonna go say to that gospels. that's hefty if you want to go back to really that's my but again that is my personal opinion god's gonna do what he wants mm-hmm. you know with people but um i and also i i think too 
and this is a little, this is the social media thing. I tend to be a bit of a rule follower myself, like authority wise, but I cannot stand fads like culture. And I think we are just as tempted by them in the church as anyone else is culturally. So I feel like. Give me an example. What do you mean? Okay. Um, like the hashtag deconstruction is a fad yeah. culturally, right? What What's a you, fad for church? Jesus do? Okay. T- what would Jesus do? The bracelets or that series that every. Um, the Chosen? The Chosen. To me, every like that is a bandwagon. I love it. I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm saying that's a bandwagon everybody gets on. If you don't watch it, all of a sudden you're like, why aren't you watching The Chosen? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going. Well, that's all anything Netflix series. <laughs> I get chastised all the time for the shows I do not watch. Okay. Yeah, I'm just like, I feel like we it. have to get that, that there's this, even with this deconstruction thing, there's an element of fattiness with it. F-A-D, you know, <laughs> that picks everybody up and just takes you in this big wave that you get boiled under even worse now. That's why I would with be. social media, but. That's what I don't, that's what I don't think I like about the word. That's the negative yeah, part. So if your kid you. or your loved one starts saying that word, you want to be like, whoa, 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 don't get on that train. But how about a faith crisis? We can have a faith crisis. That seems okay. Yeah. Like it's a. Crisis our meaning. God made you to be curious. He made our brains to work yeah. that way. Yep. God made us. You're not asking a question he doesn't know. Right. I mean, like you're built that, that way. And so um, I still like the word refer- reform. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> kinder. That one. <laughs> it's definitely a kinder word, that's for sure. You know, but. Um, one of the verses I came across, let's see if it's it works right now. Therefore, uh, Hebrews 10, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the fresh and living way that he inaugurated for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and the assurance that faith brings, because we have had our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in a pure water. But see, some of those people that are deconstructing their faith would be like, why do I have to have blood to cleanse me? Mm-hmm. Are you laughing at me, Amy? Or the way I said it? Because <laughs> I'm picturing the people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation that it is the, it is a narrow path that they, you have to come to, but it's an element of faith. And, so and many you have don't to believe the Bible's like true. That. And in the end, if you're saying the Bible's not true anymore, then yeah. you're just, your journey's already decided. It's for just, that moment for that when you say moment it, but in you time. can always come back and be Correct. like, yep. I'm just saying the journey, the trajectory of you deciding you're deconstructing everything, that at that point, if you've decided the Bible's not true, mm-hmm. you are going to be deconstructing yeah. a lot. I mean, I guess is what I'm saying. I yeah. should say that better. I mean... Right then, at that point in time, you've decided kind of the foundational aspect of your faith is no longer to be believed, which means you will have to tear things down. Yeah. I mean. And for the ones that are going through that and the people that are praying for them as they're doing it or listening. I love this. Isaiah 54 verse 5 says, the sovereign Lord has given me the capacity to be his spokesman so that I know how to help the weary. He wakes me up every morning. He makes me alert so I can listen attentively as disciples do. The sovereign Lord has spoken to me clearly. I have not rebelled. I have not turned back. Yeah. I love that. Like I can listen attentively as disciples do. I think that's so, again, it goes back to listening, but it's harder said than done. <laughs> Parentheses. So I wonder what the majority 
where the majority land when they go through deconstruction? Uh, that's a great question. I got no idea how to know that. Neither. That's really interesting. I would like to hope. Can we hope and pray mm-hmm. that they end up back in love with the Lord and see him as a loving, good God and not a harsh, mean one? Because when I looked up the these deconstructions, um, a lot of it was um, the arguments were being under oppression from the church and feeling judged and not loved for who they were and being even asking a question they felt like it was blaspheming even to ask a mm-hmm. question and so from there they even got their hearts were even further hardened to the to the point where they're like well now i'm just an atheist now mm. i just don't believe anything because mm. they were so chastised for even asking a question maybe that's dramatic on their part or maybe it actually happened i don't know well and i do think but unfortunately I mean, I've, I've considered what would today's westernized evangelical church do if a John the Baptist or a Jesus walked in? Homeless men, one of which eats locusts in the desert. And one that says, eat my flesh. And one that says, I'm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this bread, I'm going to tear it apart here. Eat that. This is going to be my body. And like, drink, and my drink this. This is going to be my blood. I mean... <laughs> What would well, we do that with makes that? Us, makes us think if we lived back then, how would we have responded? Yeah, well, and I think, too, though, we don't get, I don't think all the time, the Westernized church does not get what we have fashioned in our own image versus what we have done to prop up, raise up, demonstrate, and point people to the gospel. To Jesus the Savior who would look so different, like, we can contextualize all we want. But there's an element of this being pretty drastic of what Jesus and God is saying is required of us as believers. And sometimes we're pretty comfortable here and we don't get what that means. So I think sometimes the people who are, quote, unquote, deconstructing, I think some of them do end up into in a different looking church. They, They end up in like a home church, like a small group Bible study church. You know, they end up. Exactly. And like church plants, they end up in other places just because the cultural aspect of westernized church just doesn't sit well with them or they've been deeply wounded. You know, I like what this person said. I think this could it says if your church says a woman can't be a pastor, the virtuous thing would be to leave that church and deconstruct out of that toxic and oppressive doctrine. And I was like, what? I don't I would disagree with that. I would. Yeah. No, just because she, you can't be a pastor doesn't mean you up and leave a church because you disagree with it. I will share a story. I was... Do, please. <laughs> have you been waiting for me to tell the story for a long time? So I was walking through campus one time and I saw a friend and we were talking about... Um, I just asked her... What did I ask her? Hey, what are your thoughts on end time? End time. We were talking about end times. So I have a friend here that we love to talk about end times, tribulation, post, yeah. pre, all the fun things. And somebody was following behind you. No, well, someone was getting in. Uh, there was a gentleman getting into his car um, and or if messing around in his car. I don't know what he's doing. So he heard us talking and then he proceeds to follow me. And I, and I said, oh, well, I'm pre-trib or something like that. So he follows me upstairs and where we go to our life group. And then he follows me into the main building so then i walk inside and he was like oh aren't you aren't you the lady that works here and i was like yes sir i am and he follows me in and i said hi i go my name's christy and he didn't tell me his name and he goes now aren't you at dts i said i am i'm wrapping it up and he goes now are you a pastor here and i said no sir i'm not he goes you can't be a pastor here can you 
you can only be a minister. And I was like, yeah. He goes, yeah, because the Bible says women can't be pastors. And I was like, well, I think you might want to do a deeper dive on that real fast before you start just, you know, saying that. And he goes, well, I mean, the Bible says it. If the Bible says it, you can't do it. And I said, well, it's an up to interpretation of the, of the text. So you might want to look into that. Totally felt attacked. Standing there, didn't know this man, never you seen him. You felt attacked. I did, yes. 100%. And just was like, what is was happening? It, what is going on? And so then, real fast, we wrap up. And I'm looking at it, and he looks at me, and he goes, um, I go, oh, are you going? Like, I'm trying to get out of the conversation. Because it was yeah. just, yeah. I mean, my stomach is, I mean, I might have started sweating. Like, what is going on? He is coming at me, and I'm just trying to be nice and cordial yeah. and sweet. And so I was like, oh, are you in a life group around here? You know, like in this building? And he was like, no, I go in a life group over here in this other building. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to get to my life group. I turn and walk out. He walks back out the door. Because so, he followed you in there, to Amy's point. That's what you're saying. He yeah. followed yes. you in there on purpose. On here, purpose. And then he, he did it again this Sunday. Did he really? Yes. He walks in. He goes, you're the DTS gal. And I was like, oh, my gosh, here we go again. And he goes, well, so-and-so. And I said, okay. And I legit just kept walking. I didn't like See, the, I first knew the first time. the first story. I didn't know this second one. Uh-huh. It happened on Sunday. And I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not, not going to stand. But I just thought, oh, my goodness. Do you, you believe it? he didn't want you voicing your opinion or it bothered him? I don't think him? he even, I don't, no, I have no idea. I don't, I don't, vo- I mean, what, what do you mean, voice like my the, opinion? Because you said, I'm, I'm a pre-tribber. So do you think he had an, he had an issue with you saying that you believed? I don't know. We didn't even, I mean, we briefly. Oh, that's how it did start. He did yeah. say when he walked in, he was like, oh, you know, pre-trib's not biblical. And so then he ventured into a pastor. And I was like, what is happening? So to me, and again, I'm projecting and putting words in his mouth because I don't know this person. Um, he didn't like that you said that. So he wanted you to shut up. Maybe. I don't know. That's, I don't know. I just think it was bold that he would follow me in. He has no business in that building, and he wanted to correct me, possibly. Yeah. But you could very easily, you could have an experience like that, and I could be like, I hate all men at this church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You have that choice. And I struggled for probably three or four days of just going, oh, my, what just happened? Mm-hmm. That was crazy. And then just going, okay, no, no, Lord, this is, you have me here for a reason. I'm going to love the women you put in trusted to me. I'm going to love the ladies that you want me to serve. But, but I thought it was so good too, after probably four or five days of going, that's good for me to see that there are people out there like that. I'm not going to become bitter towards that person. And then when I did see him, I was like, but I'm not going to stop and talk to him either. (laughs) And I'm not going to be friendly and cordial like I usually would. I'm going to be like, I'm out. Bye. And I legit just kept walking on Sunday. But I thought, what in the world? Yeah. So anyway. So yeah, you had, we had, those kind of things happen all the time. And we have a choice to say, hey, I'm going to stay or I'm going to leave. And that's your choice. But are you leaving for your self-righteous or righteous anger or whatever reason? Right. Are you choosing to say, hey, but God might have me here for a reason. I'm going to show his love to other people. Well, and I think too... We don't know how to have these conversations well, because for too long, I do think we said relationships, roles look like this, period. There's Mm. been no discussion of this is how you interact with a sister in Christ. This is how Mm -hmm. you interact with a brother in Christ. Mm -hmm. This is what it means to be a family. 
And it means we're in love each other. We're not going to agree with each other all Mm -hmm. the time. This is how you engage in these conversations. It's when we make these massive, um, and I'm, and it reminds me too of things like, um, I know a couple of preachers that if I list, if I said their names, everybody would know who they are and they're revered highly in a lot of ways, but I find out, you know, they weren't living with their spouses, with their wives for the last like decade of their life because they were so hard to live with their wives didn't want to live with them anymore. Um, it's the kind of thing that arrogance and pride really have no place in a man or a woman, but especially a pastor who mm. is leading a family of believers. I mean, Isn't one that thing that gets Paul, them, yeah, but one thing that Paul was people, we, we like to say like Paul, so I would hard. say was the epitome of arrogance in some ways before he became a That's, Christian. Yeah. But then as he's writing his letters, as he's having these conversations with people in the new Testament, he's constantly bringing up, his sinful behavior to remind people of what a horrible person he was before Christ and to demonstrate the change that God made in their lives. He wouldn't be able to demonstrate that if he was still acting prideful, if he was still acting arrogant. He's demonstrating this and people believe him because they know him. They see the way he responds to people. They see the way. And it's the same way with Jesus, you know, like we've talked about Sermon on the Mount. So I've gotten aware, like, it's not just about the pastor in the pulpit Oh, at least he's preaching the word. You hear that all the time. But a lot of the deconstruction stuff that's gone on in this conversation has been because people have seen the pastor talk this way in the pulpit and they've experienced something totally different in life from that person or from other believers who claim to know the Lord. Or they experience, they visit a church and experience somebody judgmental. Yeah. Someone who says one thing and they act differently. And that's just sad. Well, kids like in the youth group, Mm -hmm. this kid doesn't accept me or these people don't like me. We've heard this. Some of the, some of the kids here. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where the moms are like, my kid won't come because they had a hard time with their people or their life group or their small group. Mm -hmm. Because they're, they look differently, they say things differently, or whatever. They don't blend right. in with the norm. And so then it causes a faith crisis. I, I wasn't active in the youth when I was in high school. Not not here. I was out of town with my best friend because of difficulty, mean girl kind of situation. But yeah. have you noticed that mean girls change or there's always mean girls in your life? Always. Always. Always mean girls. But at, at that time, I was like, well... No, I'm not going to go because I don't want to be around that. I was already at school with her all week long. Yeah. I didn't want to be around her. Because part Sunday. of working your salvation out with fear and trembling is that when you treat people that way and somebody comes and says, this is hard, you hurt people with your words and your actions, you listen. Mm-hmm. You listen. And it brings about change. And if we're not willing to do that, if we're not willing to listen when someone says, this is hurtful and your behavior, and I mean, we're not even touching into all the abuse stories and stuff that's come Mm -hmm. out from the church, from pastors who have used and hurt people and leaders and everything. I mean, that's a real problem when churches hide that. And so a lot of the wounds I've read about in some of these and talked to people who have deconstructed in my own family and other people, it's because of that. Because of just hiding, hiding the hiding, hiding, hiding stuff, putting it under, which is the opposite of the gospel. You're bringing it all to light. 
The gospel shines a light on that stuff. It does not put it and hide it in the darkness. If you're anywhere where you're saying that that was the gospel, that you are from a place where they hid those kind of things in the name of protecting the church, then I'm saying you're that's not the gospel. It's not. And so we've got a lot of people deconstructing because of that, I think, um, which is a shame. It's sad. Um, well, here's, here's the real issue now is if somebody is – is in the position where they they're just asking questions, um, not necessarily going through a deconstruction, but just asking questions. And they they do this hashtag deconstruction. They're going to see some some ugliness and some hard opinions, and mm-hmm. that could really lead them astray. Yeah, and they'll see some truth, some honest. People have said some honest things on those. I'm like, oh no, I some get people, that. That's some a, people yeah. have just said, you know, I had this bad experience, and other people are like. I hate the church. Exactly. I hate this. I or hate all Christians religion. are this. All Christians like, are this way. Mm-hmm. Francis Schaefer didn't have an experience. He wasn't hurt, but he didn't like how other people were being treated. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's that aspect too. Some people don't come in with trauma or hurt, but they're like, whoa, that's not supposed to happen between yes. people that say the, the greatest of all is, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. But I feel like a lot of those people are the ones that do end up coming back and then they end up doing things like church plants or house churches like he did. Like yeah. Francis Chan, big church, big name. And if you haven't read Letters to the Church, it's an awesome. excellent book. He wrote it and he talks about this and he left his big church and he got a lot of flack for it. But he was like, I feel like, and but I he did not change and deconstruct the gospel. What he did was reform and look at his different way of church or look at the way they did church and said, I think church needs to be and look different. And he didn't cast a whole lot of stones. No, either. he didn't cast any. I don't so feel I like he cast any like stones at anybody. When he left, he left not going, well, it should no. be this way. It no, should be that. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's why his, his story's different. Because but you hear you, love and humility when he talks. And, and it's nothing about different. It's not about him. or his Mm-mm. what he liked, what he didn't like. No, which I think we can all. And he even from says him. when he writes, is if you're going to use this book or anything I write to go and pitch stones and be angry at your church, then you're doing it wrong. That's a right. sin. You need to like, yeah, you need to totally repent of that because that's pride. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he's got truth. I think there's an element of truth to that because the gospel's the gospel. I mean, like the word, the Bible is true and doesn't change. Hmm. Um, How many people have you heard? Like, well, I mean, I believe most of the Bible, but not all of it. I'll never forget reading a book. And it was like from five different authors that all didn't like each one believed like it was God's authority, but it had errors in it um, and different things. And that was the first time it was probably six years ago. I've heard that about versions. Yeah. Have you heard that about like the Bible as a whole? That's what this uh, this one guy is. And he still speaks out about it. And I was like. Whoa, like I was in my 30s when I mm. first realized, like, what? People don't believe? People think that. Especially they, the miracles. They're like, well, he didn't really do that. Oh, yeah. Or the, the punishments. like when God In the flooded, Old Testament. In the too. Old Testament, the, when he flooded the earth. Well, he didn't flood the whole earth. He just flooded the portion where people were living. I'm like, what's the difference? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole earth. If they're only living there and he floods that whole place, then uh-huh. that the is the whole world to them. That yeah. is the... Isn't that how do you know that he didn't, you know? Well, and that's, that goes, this is a whole side story, but, yeah. but it does go back to that theory of, is the earth round or flat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where people get part of that. Oh. The earth is, is round, people. 
Oh, we don't know, really. Yes, we do. Oh, don't get on the flatter. We Armageddon. It proves. We're not going to get on to flatter thoughts and theology, people. Please. Do that not make me deconstruct my round earth right now. I can't do it. I can't um, do it. No, I would never, never, never make you do that. Oh, ever. my gosh. Well, so then here are a couple of questions I wrote down. Oh, yeah. Let's go to those. Because I feel like in the end, we do have to bring it back to church, right? So Believers. In the end, believers. Yes. Yeah. Believers. Just making sure we're clear. What do you think is the key then for believers if there's if they're looking and I've got two aspects of the question. What's the key for it's a two parter? What's the key for believers who are struggling with doubts? And we would say probably are gonna be the one going in, googling things that could start on this deconstruction journey. But what Mm. do you think? What would you give? What's the nugget of a believer if they're listening that are struggling with doubts right now? What would you give them? What would you Christy? I'm Googling something. I need you to answer that for me, please. I'm looking at a Bible verse, actually. <laughs> we can take out some long pauses here if we mm-hmm. sit here for like 20 no. minutes. Well, no, I'm I like this verse, Hebrews 4, 16. Therefore, let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace whenever we need help. So That's what you would say to them. I'd be like, it's Hebrews 4, 16. Girlfriend, look it up, read it. And they'll so say, they know approach, how and they say, <laughs> approach the Lord with my doubts. Yes. So go to, the, go to. But I like that. The throne the of grace. Because mm-hmm. if somebody has a problem, with, they might have a problem with authority. They might have a problem with whatever. But the throne of grace puts it um, in a more palatable way to view God. As you say, go to the throne before the phone. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> go to the throne before the throne. The phone. But I do. I think that. And I'm going to join you in this journey. Yeah. You're having doubts. I want to walk with you. Let's walk this together. And I'll sit there and so I'll then the answer. So the second one would be find a trusted friend that is willing to listen to you. Bible-believing, Bible-believing trusted friend godly, that will listen to your doubts. Girlfriend. Same-sex friend. Correct. I would agree with that. Too. Not a man. If you're if you're a female, not a man. Go find a good girlfriend. Don't ask so me why not a man. So don't go to their husbands or... No, I think even in this, I think wives go to your husbands, but you still need to surround yourself with a good godly girlfriend. Because we process differently. We see things differently. Mm-hmm. Men want to fix things. This is not a fixable thing. It's not like you can just fix me. Mm-hmm. It's you're going to have to walk they through this with me. They need a sounding board. They need somebody yeah. that will listen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then if you're the person, then you're saying go to the throne. Go to a good friend. Believer. A believer. Um, who you can walk through this with. Talk about it. And I would add then to be Real patient. Oh, right. Yeah. Be, patient. be patient with the process. Let the Lord work in your heart and mind and, um, you know, find the joy in the journey when it comes to being a believer. Know that salvation is a lifetime experience and it's okay to have questions that you now mm-hmm. are seeking answers to, yeah. I would say. Um, it's okay but what if the person you're going to doesn't have all of the answers. Yes, for sure. do them together. For sure. Yeah. Because yeah. I know if I had somebody come up to me that was going through deconstruction first first thing i'm going to feel is inadequate <laughs> you know well absolutely i would i would think that's I think true because this would. was the second part then if mm-hmm. you're the person that someone is coming to mm-hmm. as a believer if you're the person someone's coming to saying i'm having these doubts mm-hmm. i want to do this i don't like this part i don't what is your response to them then how would you give advice you're saying number one understand your inadequacy so you need to be praying to the lord right. too for the right we, words we both need to start praying about it that he gives us the next step 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Of where to go. Emotionally, if you really care and love this person, your tendency is to go to the emotional part of your brain mm-hmm. pretty quick, right? Mm-hmm. But how does that impact your ability to help someone process these questions they have? Well, for me, if I'm... If, if, it affects my emotions and I'm going to feel like responsible in some way. And like, I have to figure it out for them. Yeah. That's, that's the, the human right? side. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's a good point. Yeah. Hebrews 10 for, in fact, you share the suffering of those in prison and you accepted the confiscation of your belongings with joy because you knew that you certainly had a better and lasting possession. So do not throw away your confidence because it is a great reward. For you need endurance in order to do God's will and so receive what is promised. And he goes on, but I like that part where at the very beginning where yeah, it says, you need to share in the suffering of those in prison. So if someone's going through that, that could be their prison for that moment. Like they cannot move out of that until they cannot move further in their Our in minds their are its own prisons. That's yeah. for sure. There's like yes. They can't move past that, whether mm-hmm. it's hurt, trauma, or seeing somebody else not, you know, just seeing other things happen. But they can't move in their relationship with the Lord. So that's their prison until they can move out of that. And then knowing that there's joy. Like you said, joy in the journey, right? Um, and don't throw away your confidence. Your confidence comes from the Lord and he will equip you. Mm-hmm. You just have to trust him fully and not lean on your own understanding. As and I would other. say you're not anyone's savior and you're not anyone's Holy Spirit. You're so, a tool in the Redeemer's hand. So that's so I think that's I that's saying I don't ever feel that way when I'm with a friend. You know mm. what I mean? Like that. I only have to remind myself that with my kids. What? I know. Okay, wait a minute. You don't feel like you're a tool used no, by I don't Jesus? No, like I'm a Holy Spirit to other people. Oh, like I never, seriously? For, oh, I'm never, okay. Because like, I'm like, there's an element of boundaries, right? But with your family, there's times I want to be my kid's Holy Spirit. That's for sure. when I cross into, for sure. I'm going to be your Holy Spirit. I was when I struggled with that in my job, though, for a long time when I was, when I was doing, when I started ministry to women, yeah. to adults, I struggled with where that boundary was. For a long time. Yeah. And then, and that's when you take it home with you, right? You're taking it home with you. You're walking yeah. with it all the time. You're seeing the suffering. You think if I just have the right words, I'll fix it. All this other stuff. And I can imagine that would be really hard. Oh, it, it was really hard. I mean, and eventually you get to the point you finally realize, I mean, it just took me a while to realize what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is hard. You're watching mm-hmm. a lot of suffering and for people you care about and you love. Um, so it was, I will say I wasn't, it wasn't as easy for me as you're saying that you don't have that struggle. I definitely had that struggle. I had that Um, struggle when I was younger, like uh, my college days, when I was at college going, I should be at home helping them, helping them do this, this, this. And then over time, and my mother was always great about being like, you know, you can only fix the problem. You can't, you know, essentially you can only do your role. Yeah. Like you're the, if you, if there's a problem, it, it's. In the situation, it's probably you have part to do with it and you are the problem. Mm. And so you need to fix you, essentially. Yeah. And so I remember her telling us that and just being like, oh, I'm the only one. I can only fix me. Yeah. I can't fix anybody else. But that's the joy of um, not AA. What is it called? Al-Anon. Yeah. (laughs) It teaches Well, and I think with their kids, it's always a struggle. I don't, I think that'll be a lifelong. Yes. Lifelong pushback that we're going to have to fight is our need and desire for that. But then... Amy, what do you think yours is as far as entering into that? Do you struggle with being people's Holy Spirit? No? 
No. But I'm not a mom, so I don't have that aspect of it, right? You have family dynamics that you could... Yeah. That are strong. Yeah. I worry... I I worry about certain things. I... No. I don't... I would say no. I so then next time we struggle seeds. with this, we're coming to you to yeah, tell yeah, us what you mean. Because we'll I, yes. I drop seeds when I can <laughs> to people, but... Um, I just have to remind myself all the time that I'm ultimately I'm not the one in control and that if he can get my attention, he can get their attention. That's true. <laughs> you know, that's good. So, yep. Um, I do think um, as we wrap up this conversation that um, and we didn't even get to your stages of deconstruction. Amy, yeah, we I'm can sorry. Do that a, I just I just saw that. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, but I as we wrap up, though, any last kind of thoughts um, I do, I do think you have to, even as you're researching this to get to know it, to understand it for people you care about, mm. I do think we all have to be careful. I think there's something totally very agree. tempting about being able to be our own God and savior. And there's an element of this movement, I think mm-hmm. that leads us in that direction. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's definitely on my radar now. Mm-hmm. There's an autonomy in there, I think, that's very alluring. Is that the word that you could use? Yeah, it is, alluring. it is attractive to, yeah. to people. And it, um, it's scary, very scary. Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys his servant? Whoever walks in deep darkness without light should trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. That's good. I know. That's Isaiah 50 and it's 10. And I think that's so good because you are, this is a situation that is dark and you're going to walk, if you have to walk through it with someone, you have to have God's light back to what Debbie said, the light, you have to have the light. And then it keeps going. It says, look, all of you who start a fire and who equip yourselves with flaming arrows, walk in the light of the fire. You started among the flaming arrows you ignited. This is what you will receive from me when you lie down in the place of pain. So I think, um, Ending on scripture is a good thing with this kind of a heavy conversation, um, too. So that was going back from um, Christy's point. I'm going to read from Matthew 5. <laughs> yes, you are, girl. Yes, you are. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And that was five, Matthew five thirteen through 16. But remember, good works are the Beatitudes, which Jesus talked about earlier in chapter 5, which is blessed are the poor in spirit, right? Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Nowhere in there is there. Blessed are the prideful. Mm-hmm. Blessed are the ones who can build the biggest church. Blessed are the ones who can make the most money. Mm-hmm. Blessed are the ones who have the nicest cars. Blessed are the ones who can fill in the blank. So I guess I'm always just saying the church is supposed to be a light, full of mercy keep and grace. This little light of mine. And I know. Yes. Well, Such when you read that, song. I always think of how does salt, because it starts with salt losing its flavor. Yes. And salt can only lose its flavor, I think, by two different ways. It can be contaminated yeah. and separated. Mm-hmm. 
Those are the two ways it can lose its flavor. Interesting. And then it's trampled. And then it's just like regular dirt. We yeah. need it on a pillow. pillow. <laughs> that's the pillow that you want to put in your office. That's the pillow I'm going to put on my office. So Stitch that on a pillow. Do we want to look like regular dirt or do we want to look like light? Light. Stay that people connected. people are attracted to and I'm want to come and see. I'm light of mine on my way to Costco. You should. Time. Everybody that's mm-hmm. listening to us right now in the car is singing it. <laughs> I she'll know. All right, everybody. Well, this was a good conversation, but I feel a little heaviness, though. Like, I don't, it's... Because if you're carrying this burden, it's hard. Yeah, it's It's hard. You're just... We're praying for you. We feel for our people. We feel for our church family. We feel for um, believers, and we we love non-believers. We love people who have yet to become a part of the body of Christ. Come be the salt. We want to demonstrate the gospel, God's love for you, because you have a Savior. Anyway, um, we love y'all, love all our listeners, and um, that's it from us. We hope that you have a great week. Um, this is Noisy Narratives out. Bye. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Now